an offering I pour them out to wash your feet, my love for you. What's up, fam? Welcome back to the Time Is Right podcast. My name is Scott Smith, and you are here on the Time Is Ripe. We are a podcast of the Ministry of Ripe Creatives, which is based in the great city of Philadelphia, and uh, we do a lot of amazing things here in the Philadelphia region, leveraging the arts for the purpose of mission. And uh, this is the podcast where we go back in time to discuss dates that have happened within the, the RIPE community, either events that we produced or events that we're a part of, typically is what we talk about on this wonderful podcast. And this episode is going to be really, really special. It is a little bit of a part two episode because we've done an episode about this thing in season one, but here we are in season two talking about it again. In other words, we ran it back. Look at us. We're amazing. Praise God for that. Just kidding. Uh, but it's going to be a great episode. Uh, we are going to September 23rd, 2023, a long lost Saturday. And uh, we did a thing called Worship Fest. And uh, yeah, no responses from any of you. Cool. No woos, no <laughs> Do you claps. you like us to say quiet till you no announce nothing. our names? That's fine. <laughs> uh, listen, we did a thing called Worship Fest. Woo! Hallelujah. We made it through the rain. And uh, we have a lot to talk about as it comes down to this festival. It was a crazy year. Um, to break down 2023, we got a couple of amazing guests in the room. Of course, the one who is always with us in in physical voice fashion or in spirit on the couch recording. Jarrett Topmont Moses is here. I'm always here, whether you hear me or not. <laughs> Top Mop Productions. He's always open. Seven Eleven. <laughs> Jared Top Mop. Not always doing business. But he's always <laughs> um, Jared, thank you for being here. Jared was a huge part of this whole thing. Yes. And uh, we are excited to yes, have he his was. voice on the pod. This is one of my favorite events we pull off, so I I can't wait to talk about it. It's going to be a great episode, man. There's so much to break down. We also got uh, Returner. Coming back to the pod, he was not on Worship Fest year one in terms of the episode, but he was on the festival. True. And he returned and performed on this one as well. He was also the host of the second stage, which we'll tell you all about. Mr. Greg Snow, Free the Poets, is here. What's up, y'all? Free the Poets, good stuff stage. (laughs) What is that? Foreshadowing? (laughs) Foreshadowing right there. Um, Greg, thanks for being here. Greg has been on a bunch of episodes. He was on the Two Lines episode, Bus Boys and Poets episode. The Creation Fest episode last year, so he's been on the pod plenty of times before, but welcome back to season two here again. Final guest, the man who is responsible for this entire festival happening. The visionary. The goat. (laughs) The director. The man with the plan. He did have a plan. We were not excited God about that plan. No, but. you were not. You were very openly against that plan. But it happened anyway. That's right. He's very convincing of a human. Um, Jonathan Curtis, ladies and gentlemen, Woo! welcome back. Yeah, yeah, Happy yeah. Happy to be here. Thanks for having me. He uh, he was on season one, did a long intro um, on the last Worship Fest episode, but Jonathan Curtis is a camp director at Carson Simpson Farm Christian Camp, which has literally become one of our closest partners in ministry. One of our favorites uh, as well. With Red Creatives. Yeah, one of our faves as well. Amen. Well, thank you guys for being here. I think the four of us are going to have a lot of fun. Mm -hmm. Um, Also, shout out to Rob Morales. He's in the room with us. 
You know, hey, he yeah, did a shout out. Robin, Rob. He's in the room. He's not on a microphone, but he's hanging out with us today. And uh, we appreciate him being here. This is year two, guys, right? So this is Worship mm. Fest 2023. We did it in 2022. Highly encourage you if you, like, what is this? What? How did this happen? What is going on? Uh, go back, listen to season one's Worship Fest episode, because it, we share the whole story. Yeah, we don't need to explain it all again. Yeah, because- we're not going to repeat it because it's like 30 minutes long. But um, long story short, we... we God kind of did something crazy in all of our lives, and we decided that a, a great thing to do would be to throw a festival, and it went well. Uh, in season one, 2022, it went really well, and so we brought it back here in 2023. And so we had about 600 people show up on a whim with no marketing, and it was amazing, and a lot of people enjoyed the experience, and um, and people were like, you guys have to do this again. And so we sought out to do that. But in the middle of kind of doing the Worship Fest stuff, we also have a great relationship with CSF overall. Um, we're on site probably, you know, half dozen times a year at least, um, doing either family nights there, doing our retreat there. Um, we also come out and perform for kids mm-hmm. at the camp, for chapels and Peace Week yep. uh, ministry nights. So a lot of different overlaps. And then the, the festival is really just a culmination of the relationship. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, so... If you want more information, though, go back to season one and check it out. Jonathan, I would love for you to start today's episode just sharing, like, coming out of year one, why did you know that we needed to to try to do this again? Um, I think a lot of that came as a result of debriefing. Uh, I think we met as a, call it a leadership team or the executive team, whatever, uh, and just kind of walk through the whole event and just walk through the the onus that had then kind of been placed upon us by the Lord of just like, okay, this was successful. You got to do it again. You can't, it shouldn't be a one-off. Let's take it and run with it. Um, and then debriefing with other teams as well. It was kind of the same. It was reinforced of, Hey, we, you know, this, this should happen again. This is a great um, opportunity to serve the community um, as a whole. I think, if you're asking about what feeling I had, it was a lot of excitement and straight up fear because we didn't think the grant was coming back. We hadn't heard any news about this grant coming back that we had received the first time to be able to cover the expenses of it. And uh, in camping and ministry, you're always trying to be as frugal as possible and balance out yeah. that um, and be good stewards of your funds. So knowing and we know we called in a lot of favors year one and we wanted to make sure we honored people appropriately in year two. Um, so the, all of that kind of just piled on to, uh, that fear of Lord, how are we going to make this happen? Um, and bumping up the date, everything. I mean, I think it just kind of, it all just culminated in an, okay, Lord, we need to trust you on this, uh, that you want to see this happen. Um, and that's just what we did. I think riding into year two. Yeah. That's so good, man. Yeah, definitely. Uh, these are not things that you want to do in your own strength. I can tell you that much. You know, trying to put on major level stuff and just like power through it and, you know, grunt your way through it. Like you really want the favor of the Lord on the thing. And I think all of us were very much like there was a fear and trepidation of if we do this again, like God's got to be in it. And so let's make sure we're making the wise decision there. Um Thank you for your your leadership, Mister Visionary, uh, getting us getting us moving in that direction. Um, I remember in our debrief, one of the things that you shared was like you felt like man, there was a lot of Philly people that came and mm-hmm. stayed. Yeah, 
Um, and that was a little bit of a surprise, I think, to yeah. you guys at first. Like that Philly came out to the suburbs, the Happer. We didn't like assume that that would happen. Figured we would mostly reach the Happer region. Right. Um, and so one of the things you brought up was like, hey, how do we uh, involve Philly churches a little bit more? So do you just want to share like any of that stuff from your perspective? There was definitely that misconception of feeling like, okay, the local churches are going to be the ones that come out and stay the most because of proximity. But I think the reality was that proximity can kind of be a double-edged sword of, yes, they're close, but also it's easy to go home. Right. And it was a warm day. Right. And their, their people had performed and, you know, it was easy for them to check out. And I think it's with the city having a little bit more distance, it incentivized the, uh, the idea of staying and having a good time. And then I think there was a, an aspect of, of ownership that you and I, Scott had with a, with some humility of saying, Hey, uh, we need to be more indicative of who we are as missions, right? That, uh, that Carson Simpson's ministry primarily is to the city of Philadelphia. That's, you know, and how do we represent that well in a thing like worship fest, not just at camp, let's do it in all that we do. Um, and we had to honor the fact of, Hey, we need to be more representative of, of all cultures and all peoples, right? And then how do we intentionally build that into the structure in what worship fest two is going to be. So you and I had some tough conversations and prayer over that, right. To make sure that we were just honoring all people, which was the goal. Right. Mm -hmm. So as people who live in the city, like it's the water we swim in. So we like, we think about culture, race, representation, reconciliation as a motif, like consistently, right. Mm -hmm. Cause you're swimming through that water every day. It's who your neighbors are, it's who your fellow church members are, it's who your coworkers are, it's who you do life with, who right. you go to the grocery store and see, right, or people from different backgrounds. So just like when you're out of that, like you're not living in the midst of that like super overly diverse environment, I think it'd be easy to miss that yeah. um, as like, hey, this, this is something we got to like figure out and right. and factor in. Like we would, we would never put a show together in Germantown with a bunch of people that look like me, right? <laughs> right. That yep. just does not make sense right. contextually for a context. Can there be some people that look like me? Sure. Sure. But the overwhelming majority should not. Right. Right? Because we want to be in the environment that we're in. Right. And I think what's interesting is Worship Fest, yes, happens in Hapro PA, which is, you know, Suburbs. middle, middle, upper class yeah. uh, suburb of Philadelphia. But Worship Fest as a vision is not just reaching Hapro, it's reaching Philly. Right. And so what does representation look like yep. um, for Philly? And so, yeah, the kind of the thought was, you know, let's just diversify this thing out a little bit. And, like, you know, if we're going to have a suburban team, you know, let's have a gospel team. Let's have another urban team. We ended up going um, with City Reach Worship yep. um, that brings kind of a little bit of a Latin flair, you know, right. um, to what they do. And then I think Ripe Worship itself is pretty diverse. Yep. You know, kind of like an amalgamation of a bunch of different cultures and contexts. So um, it made sense to kind of just have like a bunch of different right. styles of worship. And so that, that kind of landed us where we did. And shout out to like the people who said yes. Oh, yeah. Because they easily could have said, yeah, no. Right. <laughs> but they, they all said yes. So City Reach Worship was one of them. Pastor Terry. Yeah. Um, Pastor Terry himself came out and spoke, who runs the Philadelphia Gospel Movement. But yeah. E. Daniels. Yep. Um, came out as a worship artist mm -hmm. uh, who's one of our favorite people in the whole city. Yes, um, absolutely. He, he was a big part of our first ever episode on Time is Right. 
uh, Good Soil. We launched this whole thing telling the story of Ernie's generosity towards us, and we love him so much. So um, E. Daniel was coming out and being a part of it with us, Ripe Worship, and then we also had, as a returner, Davisville Church um, on this one as well. So, you know, four different churches from four pretty different contexts, like the Northeast, you know, West, the suburbs, and then Ripe is kind of all over the place throughout the city. So, And I think we noted, too, the... uh I forget who said it, but sometimes the uh, the city you serve or the city you dwell in is the last one to figure out that you're doing something cool. So you you know we wanted to honor that too of just like hey if the, if the city of Philadelphia likes this and is latching onto it, then serve right and serve accordingly. So yeah, yeah, reaching the people who already want to be yeah. you know reached with it, which is yeah. amazing. One of the big changes for this year um, came from Jared Topmont Moses. Being Jared Topmont Moses. Um, Visionary Junior, I think. Yeah. <laughs> the amount of times he stood out in the pavilion just put a stage there. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't want to share for you, Jared, because we, we all know why. But tell us about the idea for the second stage at Worship Fest 2023. I, I don't remember when it was I came up with the idea. If it was immediately after worship fest 2022 or if it was just when we were in planning mode for 2023 but i remember i had to like pretend to be a salesperson and kind of pitch it to you scott and you jonathan and like convince you guys like hey this is a good idea i promise and i'm like pulling out every stop i can like trying to come up with every excuse to do it but then it it finally came down to like on the tech side i feel like it it we get to honor the teams. We get to honor the people attending because they get to see a better show without seeing the clunkiness of transitions or like the clunkiness of like, all right, we're having an issue here. Give us five minutes before we start again. Mm -hmm. And it also honored some of the smaller artists and some of the poets because they could get lost on the stage whenever we're working on a transition. Like people are zoned out looking at something going on behind us or it's just a distraction. There's 5,000 singers standing behind you. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, the big stage is hard for poets. So yeah, and and, and, and it's just recognizing like when you have one person on the stage by themselves, it feels so empty. And I wanted them to feel seen, to feel like they were actually mm-hmm. the focus of their performance, like they're supposed to be. Yeah, and that's when I came up with the idea. I was like, let's do a second stage. Let's do a smaller stage. Because I also thought about how um, when we were at Creation uh, uh, a little over a year ago you guys got to do a whole poetry set, but it wasn't on the main stage and it wasn't on the fringe stage because it didn't fit that scenario. It didn't fit that space. Mm -hmm. They have a whole tented section where like it was a lot more just like intimate, intimate. intimate. Yes. It, It felt like you got to connect more and you actually had their attention. And I was like, why don't we do something like that here? with the smaller artists like we're not going to put a full band up there let's get some of the singer songwriter performances and some of the poets and why don't we run with it there we've got the system we can pull it off with what we have let's just add this extra stage it's a great idea yeah so just to kind of give the big picture you know we've always had this one massive stage with a lot of speakers and a lot of lights and a big mm-hmm. screen at worship fest but you know, the thought was like, what if we somewhere else on the campus, you know, added this second location? And it's funny because I actually went back and listened to season one Worship Fest last night before recording this today. 
um, just to kind of like get in that frame of reference and yeah. like, what do we need to bring out? And we teased and laughed on episode season one, uh, worship fest episode about how fast the transitions were. Yeah. <laughs> like that they were five and 10 minutes, oh, like yeah. 10 minutes for a full band flip. Mm-hmm. It was and, pretty crazy. And making it 10 minutes by including a poet in that 10. Like when you look back on that, and that's what we did versus creating a second stage that gave us like 30 minute windows. I think it was even like 35 on main stage for a band to get off for the new band to come on for everybody to line check, sound check and kind of get comfortable while another stage was happening. Right. It was kind of genius guys. Yeah. Yeah. I think out of anything that happened, one of my biggest takeaways of 2024 was like, that second stage thing really worked. It did. It, it created natural flow for the day uh, for participants that were there, to, just concert goers to travel, to be to the food trucks, to look at the different tables and ministries that we support. Um, it, you know, it just gave, it, it created less downtime, even though you think there would be more downtime. It actually created less by having that, which was cool. Right. So, yeah. And we had even like toyed with the idea, not even making it a second stage. I think we talked about doing something back in that little like wood chapel you have, like doing little acoustic worship sets or something. Yeah. Oh, and it's funny because as you were given the, your idea, I can remember it was uh, one of the peace nights where you were just wandering around out because the sound was working and you're just looking out onto the fields. And I walk up to Scott and he's like, he's visualizing. He's visualizing. <laughs> I remember that, a yeah. second stage. I said, well, do you guys think you have the equipment for a second? He's like, oh yeah, we've got it. Right. And it was just, but it was cool. Like you were, you were starting to, I think it's been cool to see the ownership that was taking place um, with worship fest. Cause it was never supposed to be about me or Carson yeah. Simpson. It was about the relationship and serving the Lord. So yeah. And that's something I'm thankful for you bring yeah. us on for. Cause like I, like you said, it's about all of us working together and like I've tried to take as much ownership on whatever responsibilities are passed to me mm-hmm. and like really push it and elevate it the way I can. Absolutely. Hey, appreciate you too. Amen. And that's kind of uh you know what brings Greg into today's mm-hmm. conversation. Cause I mean we could have had any of the performers on today's episode, but we knew we really wanted to have Greg. Yes. Because Greg played probably the most substantial role of the day out of anybody on our team in the sense of like he didn't just perform; he was also hosting uh, the second stage. Hype man. He was the hype man. <laughs> he was the hype man. He was. He is the hype. He, he, I was my favorite memory of that day. <laughs> what was it? Noah didn't ask for God to hold off the rain. Was that? Was that? I loved it. I was like, that is just. He's hype. He's ready to go. <laughs> yeah. Sounds like great. We'll, we'll get. We'll get to that. <laughs> Sorry, I'm blowing up your stuff. Yeah. No, you're good. Yeah, I think before we get into like what actually happened on the stage because we're going to do that next you know i want to do that overall with the whole lineup um just like what was your initial feeling like getting like told about the second stage this opportunity to host like how did you feel about that he thought it was a lot bigger of a stage first of all (laughs) (laughs) that that is true that is true i know um i remember i was in my car and i get the call of like hey we want to do the second stage jared has this crazy idea we think it's really going to work and we want you to host it and i'm like Oh, wow. Like, I just felt very honored. Um, you know, I, I host an event of my own every month, and, and I've really enjoyed, and I do some weddings and stuff, and I've really enjoyed hosting as just another another act of my creativity that God has gifted me. And so just getting to do that with my friends with Ripe and with Carson Simpson was just awesome. And, and then it being about 
poets and singer songwriters, people that I, um, friends of mine, people that I care about, and poetry is something that I just care about so much. It was just really a cool kind of like collaboration of all the things that I love, and so it just kind of gave me like, yeah, I'm gonna do whatever I can to make this the best thing ever. You know, you did great, Greg. You did great, Greg. Uh, Agreed. We had like an ongoing uh, joke between the two stages, like which one was better and. And Greg won. <laughs> and honestly, we won. Yeah, we definitely won. We're taking our championship belt and we're walking out. <laughs> Good stuff stage. <laughs> Good stuff versus Metro Philly stage. That's right. Way to go, Greg Snow. Uh, so let's get into the actual lineup, guys, because we, we've been spending a lot of time talking about you know some of the changes that we had. We already talked about the worship team lineup changes with City Reach and E. Daniels. Um, amazing, amazing, amazing people. But the rest of the lineup was basically ripe. Yeah. Um, which is super humbling to like say that, that everybody on this flyer with 25 names, right, is a part of our community now. It's like, what so the heck? Cool. How did this happen? The main stage artists, I think we had five of them, whereas Abel, uh, Demir, Rick Harmony, Wildfire, and Rashid St. Fleur. Um, and then DJ Angie DJed, and then I got to host the the main stage, um, and all of our people were running around like crazy. Rosie was painting; it's a whole team effort. And then on the side stage, you had the poet singer songwriter combos of Sergene and On Ty. It was gonna be Liv, but Liv got COVID, and On stepped in last minute, which was beautiful for On, and we can talk about that later, but. Um, Antai and Sergene, and then we had AVG and Eves, and then Greg closed out with Leah Wren. And so all of those people are part of our community. They're all artists or poets, spoken word artists or singer-songwriters or hip-hop artists in our community. And that was the lineup of the full festival, Mm -hmm. plus Ripe Worship, plus these three other churches. And so that is a heck of a crew. (laughs) It was a full day. Looking back, I don't know how we fit that many people on one stage in one day last time. Yeah, I don't know what we're doing. <laughs> and, and we were on time. That we was the craziest part. Is yeah. we, we were not a minute late. I was going to say, didn't we end early? We ended, if anything, early. Yes. Last cra- year. Yeah, yeah last yeah. year, which was not crazy. Not this year. No, not this year. I don't know what you mean. <laughs> God has no time. I don't know what you're it was, talking about. It was only a little dark. It's a full team effort. And honestly, like I think this event, has been for the last two years our biggest all ripe investment. Yeah. Like we do a lot of events with one or two or three or four artists mm-hmm. like around the region, but not a whole lot where it's like our whole team yeah. trying to fit everybody in on a stage somewhere. <laughs> you know, so this is a, a pretty big undertaking. It was kind of a really, really cool thing. Now leading up to the festival, we were right around about a thousand pre registrations. Yeah, wild. yeah, we broke a thousand by the day of of pre registrations, and it was wild. Considering, and we'll get to the weather, I'm sure, of what the weather was predicting, and we brought in what five to six hundred people registering while that prediction was already out in the right, yeah. out in the universe. So that was crazy to just see the commitment from the community for sure. The last thing I'll just say from the preparation standpoint before we talk about the weather, because <laughs> that is a big part of this whole story. It's just, you know, we we had a full year to plan yep. versus year one, we had seven months. Right. And so it felt a little less chaotic. Yeah. And when you do it once, you kind of have like a better idea. So I just remember coming into this year, we felt a lot better. 
you know, and now granted the challenges that we had on the day of were <laughs> insurmountable challenges, right? <laughs> that like, it's a very different episode this year, but going into that, I feel like we felt very like, we know what we're doing. Like, this is going to yeah. be great. We, all the changes we made set us up, I think, to have a more successful day. Yeah. And I felt more spirit. It felt very spirit led again, where, uh, we had, Donors coming in where we, uh, by the day of, we had 50% of total cost support raised um, with Karen University, Eastern University, Metro Ministry Incorporated, Good Stuff Thrift, you know, a lot of different, uh, some private donor families, you know, and just gift giving so that we could do this from a financial standpoint was huge, right? So I felt, you know, Holy Spirit's with us on this one. Yeah, God always has been providing for yeah. this thing. Like, and that's, crazy. that's been the being open handed about it. You're like God, if you don't want this to happen, just shut it down. Yeah, like we're cool, right? Like, there's yeah. nothing in us that's like pushing to do this. It's a we feel like you're calling us to do this. Can you help us walk in obedience in it? Mm-hmm. And He's just made it clear, you know, like that we needed to do it the last couple of years. So right. here we are. Yeah. Now, the big elephant in the room was September 23rd, 2023. It happened to be in the middle of a hurricane. <laughs> Tropical storm. Tropical storm. <laughs> it got downgraded. It got, it got more downgraded. It, it was a hurricane that was downgraded to a tropical storm. <laughs> Off the coast of North Carolina the day before, rapidly moving to the north. And when I tell you the forecast for the week leading up to the festival was the funniest thing <laughs> ever to watch, Jonathan was like, we're just going to do it. <laughs> yeah. I was like, dude, what are we doing? Oh, my goodness. But it was absolutely reckless. Uh, great weather situation. And it's weird because looking back on year one from season one, it was mid-October and it was 70 degrees and hot. You got sunburn. I got sunburn. Like, yeah. it was that nice it outside. It was gorgeous. This was the polar opposite pendulum swing oh, yeah. from a year ago. The weather could not have been worse. And just the nutshell of this past fall, every single weekend was raining. Yeah. I mean, it was crazy. Yeah. It was just the way it's probably the wettest fall I can remember in a long time. So it was just crazy to see how that happened. But yeah, it was a tropical storm. With that tropical storm, Jared, talk to us about like just the tech side of like why that's so absurdly difficult. Well, water and electricity don't mix, and that's really the gist of it. (laughs) Short to the point. I like it. (laughs) Uh, It was just a lot of worrying about exposed wiring, keeping Mm -hmm. everything covered, keeping everything safe, whether it was our personal equipment, whether it was borrowed equipment, rented equipment. Like, we want to take care of everyone's stuff because, I mean, we don't want to have to pay to replace it at some point. But I remember beginning of the day, I walk out and Jonathan's like, yeah, just chill on the stage. I'll, I'll get some stuff and you can help me put the carpet down. I was like, okay. So I sit down on the stage and I think I'm far enough back that I'm not getting any rain. And then he comes over with the carpet. I get up, turn around, and there's a silhouette of a wet spot outlining where I was sitting. <laughs> like, 15 feet back from the edge of the covering. Yeah, this was this was not a light sprinkle, guys. No. No. <laughs> we no. were getting... It was a monsoon. It was a monsoon. We were getting slammed. What? Periodically, what? though. Yeah. That, yeah. Oh, yeah, it, definitely, it guys. Stop. Periodically. Uh-huh. And then it would slam. <laughs> I mean, we, stop. we had a couple hours in the afternoon where it just stopped all together, which was great. Yeah. 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 It was still cold. The hard part was, too, it was cold. It was cold. It was cold. It was, cold. It was windy. The it was wind. in September. It was not a good day for a festival, but it was one of those things where, like, leading up to the week, 
It was hard. It was, you know... The day before was beautiful. beautiful. It was perfectly fine. I was like, oh, maybe it is going to be, be fine. And they kept changing the forecast. And yeah. I, I saw more maps than I ever... I became experts on, on meteorology in one yeah, week. Yeah, I didn't it was know great. there was a difference was, between European and American weather There's forecasts. models, guys. There's models to look at. So. Jonathan's a cartographer. But I, Jonathan used the word models yeah, more times <laughs> from Friday the 22nd. The geometric models. They're all saying different things. So... But yeah, I mean, the cops called me Friday. Like, you, you still think about doing this? Because there's county countywide flood warnings. What's crazy was there was no <laughs> guys. I mean, all summer we will get flash flood warnings, and oh, it, it, if it looks like it's a mild sprinkle, they're like, "Oh, flash flood might come." And that's all true. But what's crazy is there was not a single flood warning for Hatboro for that day, which was just insane. Of just thinking they they're preaching this. Uh, rainpocalypse of a day yeah. and it was it really stayed more off to the coast like we didn't get what they were getting on the coast so i mean i i thought it was there was a lot of hype being given to uh to to make everything cancel but in reality it's like it was not the worst rain day i've experienced so it I was mean, definitely not as bad as it could have as they been were calling and it. as they were calling it definitely yeah we probably would have had to stop like there was yeah. oh I, yeah, there was some stop. breaks yeah. where it kept us being able to to like continue the whole time yeah we're thankful for yeah i think what we realized probably like a week week and a half out was like there was no postponing (laughs) it was canceling right and when it came down to that it was like we're either gonna try see what happens and push forward and like do it or we're just gonna cancel it and move on the built-in stubbornness of scott smith Jarrett moses and jonathan curtis kicked in as a trifecta of just determination and sheer bullheadedness to not yeah. end it. <laughs> well, and, and part of it was I walked in to talk to uh, uh, Kim Anthony, one of our full-time intern, and just kind of like walk through it with her. Of like, all right, this is reality. Like people are going to lose resources they were counting on. People have made commitments to pass up other gigs. You know, camp's going to hurt financially from this because, you know, you're not going to get some of that money back, right? Uh, people like Rick's, flying in like we have we have people making serious commitments to being here and if i'm going to cancel it on account of rain not thunder right not hurricane truly and what are we going to do right like food trucks are really flexible the inflatable people are really flexible and everything so i think it was kind of walking through hey you can only make the best plans you can and then you're going to roll with it right and if it's an emergency situation we'd cancel it obviously but it, it wasn't right so i think that was the that was the tough call Shout out to all you people who came. You're listening to this, Amen. you know, like facts. Weather in the storm. Thanks for my my roommates, you know, to come in and all these people that just were like, I'm gonna come regardless. And also, big shout out to the ice cream vendor who came. Yeah, I really feel sorry that we didn't get to buy any your ice cream because it was 30 degrees. But we're really thankful that you that you showed up to put like a cap on it, and then we can talk about some of the sets. You know, it was super challenging, but it still went well. The rain really impacted the tech. Yes. Right? It just really did. And it impacted when we could get people on stage. We started like an hour and a half late. Yeah. Not because of like, oh, we got to hold off because of rain, but because of the way rain impacted sound setup, checks and yeah. setup. Right? So it was just like the whole day was very challenging, and but it still was good. You know? And I, I think that that's, that's an important thing for people to know. We did not have a thousand people come. Like we had a thousand people pre-registered, we were pretty confident that that number was gonna, you know, probably like one and a half to two x on the day of had we had good weather, 
um, because there were so many churches that were saying that they were coming without registering any of the mm-hmm. people. And so we were like, you know, we had 600 last year. We already got 1,000 pre-registered. We know all these other people are going to probably come. You know, we might be in the 1,500 to 2,000 person range for mm-hmm. year two of a festival. I mean, that that just got killed, <laughs> right? <laughs> because it was a literal hurricane right. on the shore, you know, a day before. And, right. and we were getting pounded with weather. But like you said, Greg, I mean, the people that did come just said, Screw it. You know, yeah, like they had a blast. They had a blast. Like, they had a blast. Uh, Let's get Rob a mic, guys. Well, I, well and I, I have to add to the the whole tent factor. Cause if you, you weren't there, we got this monstrosity of a tent that had gutters built into it, fire extinguishers, the whole nine, so that that became an almost impenetrable fortress for the stage right. uh, in reference of water so that the equipment could be used. Because when I asked the question of, you know, how wet can can equipment get, the answer was, it can't, right? So, and that was, uh, so to get a tent in three days prior yeah. to the event was just absolutely crazy. And that's the thing. We probably would have canceled. Yes, yeah. Without Absolutely. that tent, we right? could not have done like it. it just, that would have been the end of it. That would have been it. Definitely. Yeah. But that tent came in, and that's the thing. Like whenever you're wrestling through a decision, like do we cancel? Do we go forward? And then the biggest thing that you didn't have that not you needed is provided. Right, the opportunity to get it is provided. Right, and then you go to one of your people. And they're like, hey, we're going to cover that cost. Well, yeah, and that was the the other end of that journey was, you know, when it was presented of, hey, I can get you a tent, but you're going to need to take a breath when I tell you the number. And you, because you weren't counting on it, you weren't budgeting for it, and it was last minute, and this, and it was a beast of a tent. You know, it was definitely a whoo kind of, you know, you felt like you were paying for a wedding. Oh, my goodness. (laughs) Um, Yeah. So then uh, to have that come through and just kind of take that another leap of faith um, and then, just be like, okay, we're going. Like by Wednesday prior to the festival, I, you know, I just broke down in tears because it was just like we had a, a course of action, and it was humbling to see, okay, God, you came through. Who cares about the money? This is spirit led. And then by Saturday to have a uh, shout out to the EPA UMC to say, hey, they weren't counting on this, but they're doing this as an act of faith. We want to give them money and cover that bill, right? It was just it's absolutely nuts, crazy to have. Yeah, so <laughs> shout out Don Taylor Storm. Yeah, so. we love you, Don. <laughs> shout out to you. As an attender, um, going to you know Worship Fest, I got there a little late and it was like raining, so I was in in the position like, dang, it stinks that it's raining. But I came into um, Demir set like in the middle of it. Shout out to Demir and. Um, I just ran up and just like started getting lit with everybody. Like I was just like jumping up and everyone was just like, it was just awesome to kind of just embrace the rain as someone who is an attender. Well, obviously from your guys' standpoint, it's like so many logistics going into it and you're like trying to, you know, weather the storm, Uh, no pun intended, but it's like (laughs) you're trying to like do whatever you can to make this thing flow. But as someone who was attending, like if you just embraced it, it was something special about it. And um, I think hearing all of you guys right now, you guys, you, you can see how much like what fruit, what good fruit has came from this storm. It's like you guys learned so much as promoters, as tech guy or, um, you know, hosts. You guys learned so much like in your weakness. He's made strong. It's like you're breaking down. It's like 
thank you, God, for coming through, stripping, you know, almost like everything and you getting in mud. And it's like all your plans are get thrown out the window. But it's like, God, God's like, I'm here. You know what I mean? It doesn't matter what's going on. And then also another thing as an as an attender, I was just like getting flooded with the Holy Spirit. Like mm-hmm. when like City Reach, they were like leading worship. And it's like, I'm in the rain and I'm still feeling God's presence. So mm-hmm. it's like, it really doesn't matter what, ha- obviously it matters a lot, but <laughs> like when God is on something, it's going to, it's going to go well, yeah. you know? So. Thank you. Shout out to M- Rob Morales. Hey. The out, voice of out. Rob. Yeah. Stepping into the room. No, it's, yeah. it's real, man. It's yeah. real. You're absolutely right. I, when I broke down, I confessed to my kids, sitting at the dinner table and I'm crying. They're like, are you okay? What's wrong with you? I was just trying to eat dinner and I put songs on that was silly because it made me cry. But, you know, just having to confess that, like, you always got to trust in God. Like, you can't. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, those moments where we think that we can plan it out or we can figure it out. He goes, have a storm. There you go. Now now what? Right? And that he's always got it. Right? So, yeah, it was truly a humbling experience. Yeah. The other, the other advantage that we really got to talk about sets. But the... Interesting thing was the good stuff mm. thrift stage. So the second stage, Jared's genius idea, carried out, facilitated by Greg, was under a separate tent. Yep. Basically sitting somewhere on the camp for a while and then got moved up and mm. we're like, oh, we'll use this to store gear under. Well, when it rained, when it we like, oh, okay, monsoon's coming. Let We're still doing the festival. Great. How do we, yep. you know, why don't we use this tent? for the second stage Mm -hmm. and put the stage actually under the tent so that if it rains, it might actually drive people up to the second stage, Mm -hmm. right? Because people want to get out of the rain. And I, it's crazy to say this, but I think it actually ended up benefiting the good stuff through stage. No, definitely. I was, I was thinking that like, you know, I joked earlier that we, we beat the Metro stage because we did, but it, it was still a joke <laughs> um, that the rain really was our was our handicap. You know, the rain really helped us. Like when they told me that you're going to get this little stage and you're just going to be stand up here and people are going to be eating food and you're just going to be performing. I was like, OK, I feel like I'm a street preacher. But then when we got the stage and we were under it, it just created this intimate moment that I think none of us were really expecting. And also, uh as we'll get into like one of the first sets, the rain started coming as people had to walk up to the good stuff stage. So I think more people came under the tent. Yes. To see the performance, but also because they wanted to be dry. Yeah. That's something I was going to say. I feel like almost every time people migrated up there, it felt like the rain started picking up a little bit more <laughs> yeah. and it forced them up. God's there. always got a plan. God <laughs> brought it in. I He's think like pushing them up the hill. It's like, <laughs> You want to stay wet or you want to get dry? Because <laughs> Eve is up there and you're about to get it blasted by the Holy Spirit. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so no, good. Listen, we don't care how you got there. You were there. No, <laughs> yeah. yeah, it was it was good stuff. Honestly, ah. well done, well done, Greg. All right, let's let's just work through the sets, guys. I know we opened main stage with Davisville. An hour late, yeah. An hour and a half late. Yes. Um, they were phenomenal. They killed it. It's an hour and a half late. You would not know that from their team's perspective because of like the humility, the character, mm-hmm. and the like, we get it. This isn't going the way you hoped, you know? <laughs> and just like, they're like, nobody was frustrated. You know, I, I think that that, I felt that all day. Like, yeah. we were frustrated as people were trying to run it successfully. Yeah. But in terms of like the acts, 
you know, like th- nobody was communicating, hey, this is, I'm leaving, I'm frustrated, like you aren't, you know, doing doing everything right, like I'm out. Yeah. Like people were just like kind of go with the flow, chill, mm. relaxed, like it is what it is. Like we're here, God's going to move. Yeah. Yeah, one of the testimonies they gave too is just like, when do we ever get to do this? Like how often are we as a local church given the opportunity to come perform on a on a big stage where people from all over so i think you know it was it's that humility i think came through a lot like of what you know they they were just happy to be there be able to support this and the local community support carson simpson um and right uh, actually the pastor head pastor's son-in-law um works uh for his family business uh hirschberg mechanical they were the ones that sponsored the inflatable the kid zone right yeah. they, they him and his wife yeah so it was really cool that they were there um and just being able to see it all come to fruition i think was really cool for them so yeah very i mean they're fully focused. bought into the festival shout out to them as well because like all our backlining like yeah actually being able to pull it off and having a way for the instruments to plug in and even just having a drum kit there is thanks to them yep yeah in ear in ears were them two the years in a row the wireless in Iraq. yeah yeah go ahead davisville i know yeah it'd be generous bless okay. god um after davisville was uh demir which rob already talked a little bit about yeah it was lit in the rain, it and it was raining hard. It was raining hard, <laughs> but the crazy. dancing was awesome. The shots off that we were, were crazy. Just going yeah. Wild. Yeah. yeah, there's a lot of good photos from that yeah. uh, on our Instagram if you want to check them out. But the, um, I, I will say this: tech stuff was really challenging for Demir set, um, like just in terms of sound and like the mixing and everything else because of like the lack of checks and stuff, mm. um, in light of the weather and rain. And credit to Demir for powering through. Yeah. Like you would not have known from his perspective that anything wasn't going well. Definitely. Because he is like such a stinking professional performer when it comes to just going with the flow. And he was physically hurting, right? Like he was sick. I forget what it was, but he was actually he had a sinus infection or something with his throat or whatever. He it was so I remember because you texted us in the morning and Jared and I look at each other like uh oh. Right? Like we're gonna we could potentially day of lose Demir and he showed up and stayed and he killed it and but at the end of the day i'm like how you doing he was like i'm not doing great <laughs> you know he was hurting but you know powered through yeah. it was awesome i remember seeing him come out and i'm like this guy like if i didn't know it was demir i'd be like this is like some superstar like mm-hmm. rapper like comes out with his glasses on just like jumps through the stage like everybody's like screaming like like you would have you would have thought you were at some like high-end festival and you were at worship fest in the rain and we just embraced the rain like it was awesome Jared is very offended right now. He's saying high Worship Fest, not a high Come on. I meant like, you know, like Rolling Loud or something. Like It was just like high end. It was, it was, it was awesome. No, I get what you mean, though. Like it's something that like has been promoted and been around for like 10 years. Yeah. That has like a huge following. Yeah, Coachella vibes. Like you, you guys brought it Who in a good Greg? way. Demir's, Demir's <laughs> shuts up. And Demir's band is just like disgusting, right? So, yeah, And that's got, a big part of it. Like whenever you're having a lot of these technical issues and part of being able to push through that stuff is like your band is just tight you know what i mean like we're just gonna make this work and uh shout out to demir's whole team um you know whoever was gonna be in that time slot was gonna struggle Mm. because of all the challenges we had on tech and the rain was really bad yeah and i think demir did his he did the best he did the best that anybody was gonna do with those uh with those set of circumstances so shout out to demir always killing it um, then we went up to the side stage after Demir for the first uh, upper stage, good stuff thrift stage with Greg. Greg, tell us about who who's on that one. 
Yeah, so we had uh, An and and Sir Jean. An is a, uh, a indie folk uh, artist, um, and she just had this very, very smooth, um, almost soothing voice that I think really drew everybody in, and and kind of helped people just kind of relax and enjoy the moment. And then Sir Jean comes and just hits you with this hard truth. And, and one of my favorite moments was watching like my roommates, Rob, who you heard from earlier, Jake and, and Abel, uh, one of our, our, our artist friends, um, just like really like connecting, just giving a lot of ums and ums and yeah, yeah, yeah. Just like and, and, and seeing every time they, they called in response to Sir Jean, like she would just elevate her performance on that piece. And uh, it was it was one of the best times I've seen her perform. Um even in the rain and everything that was going on. It just yeah. was a very cohesive set. Yeah, and it was pouring mm. at that point. Yeah. Like, it was absolutely pouring during on. And I think the power at one point flipped off because of the electrical stuff. Extra shout out to my guy, Gabe Woodside. Yeah. He was able to answer my call and came out and was able to handle the tech on good stuff stage while Man. I was jumping back and forth managing the whole day he filled in and he's just he's one of the few guys that I would trust to just leave at the stage and I know it's going to sound good so shout out to you bro he was awesome like working with him all day was just a complete joy and there was this other guy with him he was like someone from Carson Simpson just like a volunteer kid he was awesome too like just he was just always serving always helpful and it was just so glad to have him there you're talking about Layton aren't you Layton yeah. yes Thank you, Layton. I hope you get to listen to this. You like, I don't think you realized like what you really did on that stage, but just being available and helping, it really made the whole day that much better. Amen. Shout out to Layton. Layton is uh, the son of Luke Billman. You can hear Layton on our episode from last year uh, from the Germantown event that we did with, Germantown with Block him Party. and his dad. It was a lot of fun. Yeah, he got impacted like by that event and... You know, just want it like, how can I serve? How can I be around this ripe thing more? Yeah. And so we were just kind of looking for a way to plug him in as a teenager. And uh, shout out to him for helping out a worship fest. Um, I just want to shout out the On thing too. Like I, I mentioned it before, but On was not slated. Yep. Mm-hmm. Name was not on the flyer. Uh, Livia Weatherby's was. And, um, you know, live like is amazing and we wanted her to be there mm-hmm. a million times over yeah. and she got COVID right and like Mike was also kind of feeling under the weather Mike ended up being able to make it um, and tested negative by the time but Liv was like shot she could not have performed right. or sang and this happened last year too right like we had a transition late mm-hmm. with the lineup last year with some stuff going on and wildfire was on the lineup and you remember the significance of that for them. Right. Yep. Like at the time, they weren't even wildfire yet. They were Esteban and Priscilla Nieves. Right. Right. Like they didn't know, like, but that that set was like a kick in the butt. Like, we want to pursue our music even more. Right. So, Worship Fest a year ago, like, really mattered for them. And I felt like this one really mattered for On. Yeah. Like, I think in some ways, like, there will be fruit for her because she's been releasing music and she's always functioned as an artist digitally but she's like i think taking steps now for the first time of like what does it mean to be an artist in front of people and share this gift not just as a worshiper but as a singer songwriter you know yeah. um and i think worship fest like i i just love how god 
knows what to do with the switch-ups. Right. Like when somebody goes down, everybody's no is somebody else's yes. And I always say that to people. Like if I'm saying yes, I need to make sure this is a yes from the Lord because if I'm saying yes to something that I'm not supposed to, I'm taking it from somebody else. Mm -hmm. Like every booking request, I always do that. Like I'm always like, is this for me or is this for Greg or AVG or Sergene? You know, should I be giving this away or should I be saying yes to this thing? Um, you know, that's always my wrestle. So Liv didn't intend to say no. Right. Right. COVID said no for her. <laughs> yeah. But in reality, her no uh, turned into On's yes. Right. And I think it really mattered for On. Sergene wasn't here last year either because right. she had something last minute, came up with schedule, she couldn't miss it. or she, And so it was crazy to kind of talk to her a little bit too throughout the festival of I think the when you speak about the fruit there – I felt that impact for her. Um, just kind of, she's in the midst of the rain being like, I'm so happy. She was just so happy to be there and be a part of it. Um, and felt like the rain enhanced aspects, even though it was, we see it as a detriment, it enhanced the fruit for the people that participated or attended. Right. And so that was really cool. Shout out to Sir Jean. She's tough, man. Amazing poet. The goat. After on and Sir Jean set, uh, well, actually during, uh, we made the flip for City Reach, mm-hmm. and uh, that was kind of the the big idea. It was like, while this side stage thing is happening, it's giving us 30 minutes to get the next big team set up, so there's no lags in the day, um, but there's also, you know, like these breaks where people are kind of experiencing different things at different places. I think it was just a genius plan. Um, City Reach got on and killed it. Um, City Reach, it does not matter what is going on. They are going to just be themselves, Mm. which is fully sold out, wanting to encounter Jesus and lead other people into his presence Mm. 100% of the time. Like that's City Reach in a nutshell. Um, They have such a like unique culture around worship. Um, One of the, I think one of the best like worship cultures um, in the city of Philadelphia is their church. And they all are amazing people. And we happen to know a good number of them. Um, A lot of them are actually ripe. Um, but we love their team, like super, super great team. Um, Rob even talked about it, like just man, feeling the presence of God when City reaches on stage, like there's something powerful there. I just was amazed that as we're sitting here talking about this, despite like the, the struggle with weather, the struggle with the tech aspects of things, like the performers killed it, right? When you when the chips were down the way they were, for them to come out and have Dave Sill come right out and hit it on the head and then have Demir kill it with all the adversity he was facing and then to have the good stuff staged and then to have City Reach come out. Right? There wasn't a miss, it felt like, from an artist perspective or from a worship team perspective for the entire day, which was really, which was really awesome. Um, yeah, and just real quick, I need to shout out to the support staff we had making the event happen. Um, the, a lot, a lot of summer staff came back from Carson Simpson, uh, to make it happen in the rain. Some of the staff stayed over two nights to be security watching the stuff and work throughout the day in the rain and the cold and stuff. So it was just truly, uh, awesome to see the support from all angles to make this. And so there were so many wins for the day, which was cool. So, yeah, it's amazing. Amazing people after uh city reach was Rick shout out to Rick from Texas. Texas Flew in Rick. from Texas. Texas Rick. Texas Rick has left us. He has abandoned us to the faraway lands of Fort Worth. R.I.P. Uh, we love him. R.I.P. <laughs> e. Uh, Rick Harmony. We we love Rick. Rick is um, yeah. He lives in Texas now. Him and his wife Amanda. And I think just 
seeing him, like having an excuse for him to come back and be seen and mingle with everybody was like a worthwhile thing. You know, like I'm glad that Rick was able to make it. Um, and he obviously did Rick, Rick stuff. Like he's Rick. He always does well. Mm, yes. You know, he's never, he's never going to do a poor job no. of performing ever. Great job. You know? So awesome. shout out to Rick. I, I just remember, I talked about a verse that didn't his luggage get lost? Like he didn't have any of his winter clothes because he thought it was still going to be warm. So he had to run to a store and he was wearing some construction guy's jacket style. It was like three sizes too big. He should have gone to good stuff. Oh my goodness. He should have gone to good stuff. Yeah, but he needed to go to good stuff. It, he didn't need clothes. <laughs> it, was, it was crazy. But I, I do remember him even earlier uh, in the year construction guys. just being <laughs> like... I'll fly in. I'll fly in. Like, it was never a question. He's like, I'm going to be there. Don't worry. I'll even come in for the, the peace ministry nights. I said, no, you won't. That's ridiculous. But like, so I said, but he did say, he's like, for worship fest, I'll absolutely be there. So yeah, it was yeah, a huge trip to him. He's like, he literally wasn't flying for these like summer like, nights nope. of like 15 kids up in the pavilion. I'm like, Rick, we're not you. flying you in, bro. <laughs> like, we're not. Like, just relax. But Rick is, yeah, Rick just sold out. And like, he always does a great a great job with his performance and his performance is never just about him, but about engaging the audience mm-hmm. with the gospel and with what it, what it means to, you know, really, really follow Jesus. Yeah. Yep. He's the best. We love you, Rick. Thanks for coming back. And, uh, after Rick was Rashid, Jonathan, I favorite. met his dad. That was so cool to meet his dad. It was awesome. Yeah, Jonathan is a super fan of Rashid St. Floyd. That's right. <laughs> Pretty sure Jonathan tried to adopt Rashid, so he's like, oh, so you're his real dad. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I believe that was Rashid's words. <laughs> <laughs> That's hysterical. That was funny. Um, it was going to be ever so mm-hmm. uh, with Rashid, with Liv and M, um, but obviously with Liv having COVID, you know, the set just became Rashid St. Floyd's show. Tried to convince Jonathan. Emily to go out with him, but yeah, she kept saying no. She's not going to do that. She does not want to do two two people. She's like three. I can handle not two. Uh, but honestly, it worked out. It worked out great. And Rashid got you know kind of a full set time. Um, and it, I just think, man, it's so cool to have Rashid perform at the place where he did his first ever mm-hmm. performance. Right? Yeah. Like, there's something that that is always going to be like a flagship place in his heart, no matter where Rashid goes. You know, like we've seen him get incredible opportunities over the last year and a half since starting out, you know, and pursuing his artistry. But like, I think that's something beautiful about CSF pavilion with, you know, 25, 30 kids. That's where you got to start. Right. And so worship fest, when the big thing happens on Carson Simpson's site, like obviously Rashid is like a great fit Mm -hmm. because of like where his heart is for that place and how that overlaps with his own story. Um, you know, super bummed it was raining like crazy and not a ton of people got to hear Rashid, you know, comparatively to how many would have been there if it had been a dry day. Um, but Rashid's amazing. Like his vocal chops are just insane. And the humility I think is there, which is crazy. If I'm being honest, I think I missed almost all of his set on worship fest date, but cause there was just 8 million things going on. But, um, when he came up, I sang gravity. Because he did, because he did a a cover of it, and my wife loved by it. John Mayer, by John Mayer, and then uh, he's like, "I sang Gravity." I was like, "Tell my wife she would have loved to hear that." So, so, um, but yeah, I think sing it again, sing it again, right? So, um, yeah, but I, you know, I think what has always struck me was his humility. If we wind back the clocks a little bit to Week Eight Chapel, he did a set there and he just killed it. And because he's just, he, I think he said as well, you know, I got invited to go to L.A. to do something pretty cool. 
in front of 150 kids didn't drop at all that it was American Idol or that he got this awesome opportunity. Um, and I think that's what's always just stuck with me is his humility um, and his honesty about being vulnerable in those exciting moments of saying kind of like how we are always like, oh, God, what are we going to do with this? Like, help yeah. us with this, you know. So it's the message goes with it for sure. Yeah. He's incredible. Yeah. I mean, Rashid is one one and uh, it, I'm just excited for him, man. Like, it's just going to be such a cool thing to be like, we knew that guy back in the day when he was getting his start, you know, because we know that the world is going to know about Rashid St. Fleur. If you don't already, use this podcast as your excuse. Um, shout out to Rashid. Mm-hmm. Uh, then we went back up side stage with Greg. Once again, shout out to Good Stuff. You know, we just we just love the Good Stuff thrift. But uh, it was a great job. Um, it was an awesome show. Um, up there we had AVG, the poet, the average poet. Um, he writes and, mirrors uh, hoping people will see themselves. <laughs> yeah. He's always writing mirrors and people are trying to look. Um, but... His his stuff is just very thought provoking, um, very engaging, and um, it's just looking to go deep, not just looking to entertain or or get people to like him, but is always um, providing a, a deep performance that that allows people to look inside themselves and really reflect. And then I think to couple that with Eve's just electric, fun performance of just very like exciting and and vibrant, but also looking at some some things too to think about and looking at what does it look like to venture out on your own and was doing stuff from her Wyoming project where she just went out to Wyoming and recorded a whole album and just, you know, to have faith like that and then to be able to share that and um, her now husband uh, was there with her and, and they performed together and it was just really awesome to see this collaboration um, of artists and poets and, and just giving the singer-songwriters and the poets time to shine together and just like, I think not enough in, in society we do that, but putting these two different disciplines together just like really worked. Like you have this thought-provoking and then you have like to do it even have you after kind of just get you to be excited and, and to go with it and it was just cool. It was just a great time. Yeah. And Eve's, I think she's one of the most lyrical songwriters like you will ever find. Yeah. Like, just, you're like, oh my gosh, this is a well written song if you just break it down. And then you have AVG, who's like, like as lyrical as a poet. Putting them together is just like, boom. Ooh. He <laughs> like, 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 this works. <laughs> Um, and it is amazing. Like we, we wrestle through all these decisions when people go, who they go with these connection points and like thinking through all this stuff. And like, what would this mean with this person and this person? And you like, just hope that it works out. And then it does. And you're just like, Oh yeah, I can't imagine them doing it with anybody else. And it was so fun to have them in the middle, you know, cause it's like you got through some of the muck of the morning and now you're into the middle and now it's just like, Let's just, you know, relax. I think some people had some food with them and they're just like really taking in what they're saying, you know, and for an artist and a poet, the number one thing you look for is just people to actually be listening to you, not just hearing you, not just going along with what you're saying, but actually knowing what you're saying and, and saying, hey, that applies to me or that connects with me. And, and those are two artists that just know how to do that very well. Yep. And shout out to Eves because Eves got married that week. Yeah. Monday yes. after, right? Yeah. Which is wild. So she was engaged on Saturday playing a festival and two days later got married. Boom. So 
Yeah, and we were like, what are you doing? Just just pull out of this thing. You know, like it's, we're not going to be offended, right. you know? She's like, no, we'll be there. I was like, what are you doing with your life? Um, but shout out to Eves, you know, for making that sacrifice. And like, mm-hmm. even with life changing, you know, getting married really fast. And praise God for that. Shout out to you. That's always my advice to young couples is like, lock it up, lock it up. You know, don't, don't waste time. Um, but yeah, like super proud of her for being a part of it um she's been a huge part of our community and such a valued asset avg obviously um is in everything you know and just yeah. just working his way through so like to to find ways to highlight people that have made such a you know difference in our community i think is really really important um that was kind of like where i felt like we were plugging through the day and things started to kind of kind of speed up from there weather lightened up which is nice a little yeah. bit yeah so coming off of that, we went back to main stage. So again, during that, you know, AVG Eve set, what is main stage happening? We were flipping to get ready for E Daniels. Um, so we came back to uh, E Daniels. Shout out to Ernie, man! Oh man, unbelievable! I mean, I remember hearing them in the uh, in like the the green room, uh, and just talented, talented people, and definitely people that love worshiping Jesus. And then to see them on stage it was like. Yeah, they're they're not playing around. Like they they are here on on business, and they're gonna bring you to the presence of God, and they're not letting anybody stop them. Yeah, I mean, from a talent perspective, E. Daniels himself and his team are the best. That was a real question we wrestled with. Like we're bringing him, or he's saying yes to this, right? right. Like, what does that do to your festival, right? Like, does it diminish how other people's talent because he's they're very, very good, right? So, but I think again, his character, he's a very humble guy, right? Like that's not his motive, right? And his character just it shines that, and I think it just uh, enhanced the whole day without it being a detraction in any sort of way. So that was really just kind of, it was super powerful to have. It was also really fun to see people show up for his set and then ditch right when he was done. So it's just <laughs> like, Hey, they heard he was in the area. I'm showing up. Right. Like it was awesome. So we came to the free Ernie Daniels. That's right. Show. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he is, he is literally fantastic. Um, and has been for a long time. And what's been interesting is like a lot of people don't know this, but he's a, he's a charting like he charted mm-hmm. right gospel artist. Wow, he's not on social media like at all. He has no like you know what I mean. There's no like big marketing around him that's like E Daniels. Everybody should know who this is. Yeah. But his talent is so there. His character is so there. His consistency with like ministry stuff, like his real heart is not to like be an artist, but to be a minister through music, has put him on some of the biggest gospel stages in the country consistently for 10 years. And it's amazing because he pastors a church now. He's Mm. a senior pastor of a church. Doesn't really even get into his worship bag all that often. And, you know, that was kind of like, I need this. Please come. Can you do this one? Uh, we just want one one day to year. Well, yeah, right. One day to year. Please, Ernie. Can you give us one day to year? Um, so shout out to Ernie doing his thing. After Ernie, we had Wildfire and Abel from RN. Um, shout out to Wildfire doing what Wildfire do. Yep. Esteban and Priscilla, they, they added a drummer and a bassist with them. Mm-hmm. So they actually had a band this time, which took their folk duo, vibey singer-songwriter stuff into almost a different feel 
with drums and bass. Yeah, it gave it gave some of their songs like just a completely different vibe. Like it took me until the chorus to realize, oh, that's that's Kingdom's Fall they're playing right now, mm-hmm. or or like Three Person God yeah, it was a whole new arrangement, like, different look at the song, and it was really cool to hear it that way. Yeah, and it was it was good too because I I mean I love Three Person God, but man, that is a a tearjerker, you know, looking in the mirror type song. And I had to apologize to people I knew that were coming. I'm like, Hey, they're about to do the song. We all cry to. And then they're like, Hey, we got a new arrangement. I was like, Oh good. Now we're going to be, you know, we'll still, we'll be in the Lord now. Let's crying. So yeah, I mean, it was (laughs) (laughs) totally different feel, totally different feel, but it was good. Yeah. Definitely hit. So yeah. Yeah. They are so stinking talented. And, and again, like similar to Rashid, right? Big moment for Mm -hmm. him. Carson Simpson, first gig ever was there wildfire not the first gig but like like they're going to be releasing more music in part because of worship fest 2022 right and the ways that that like spurred them on to like yeah we gotta we gotta get some stuff out there like this is clearly something that god's gifted us to do um and so to give them another spot on 2023 i think was so imperative you know um and they killed it they killed it uh able also doing able things (laughs) <laughs> you know bands of beast um abel has been on like a rocket ship recently mm-hmm. and it's so fun to see seven years of investment starting mm. to finally pay off good like being off. consistent being at it like he's found a breakthrough kind of moment mm. in his career where it's like this is it's really hopeful in the able camp right now good. for for where he's headed and i think um Huge answers of prayer. He's, yeah, just huge answers of prayer because he's been at it for so long. He's so stinking talented. Yep. Like everybody's favorite Christian rapper is like Abel might be the most lyrical yeah. Christian rapper in the country right now. Like they're pure lyricist. <laughs> yeah. yeah he's, like. he's so talented. Seriously. And he's starting he's starting to great make really great songs, releasing great songs, and people are starting to discover the young man. So, um, shout out to Abel. You were talking about tearjerker. wasn't <laughs> uh, he, yeah, he oh, yeah. Well, that's right. And I think that was honestly to, to spotlight that as like, it was really cool to honor that kinship, that relationship. Cause they came up together in a yeah. lot of ways, you know, yeah. to see, uh, as Rick's journey is, is headed to Texas. Like that's awesome. But to, for them to have that moment to reminisce, celebrate, you know, to do, they don't know one more time for Jarrett and uh, to have. <laughs> <laughs> that, that was my favorite. Well moment. played, and well then, played, Jelly. and then uh, <laughs> and then having the ripe takeover, right? It was awesome, right? To be able to have that yeah. that those elements there. So. This is the takeover. It was great. Yep. <laughs> so good, man. No, that, those two. Yeah, they they got to have a moment on stage. Rick and Abel, like he was crying. It's like I wouldn't be where I am without this man, dude. David, David <laughs> and Jonathan, powerful. man, it was really cool. Yeah, it was like, good. Yeah, you're right. I mean that that relationship has meant so much, and you know, Rick was the first one with the studio, and right, right, mm-hmm. like out of all the like, now we have like seven studios represented in our community, but at the time, like when we started, Rick was the only one who had any of that stuff to create music to get stuff out there, and Aaron wrote a lot of the songs. You know what I mean? Like recorded a lot of the songs in Rick's basement that are now floating around, mm. kind of making their ways. Like those things happen on Gate Street, you know, in Roxborough, like in the in the man's basement recording those songs. So 
I mean, it's just kind of nuts whenever you think about like the way that all that stuff is tethered together. And um, it was beautiful, like for mm-hmm. them to have that moment on stage um, in front of you know all of the people covered in water, <laughs> drenched by the rain. Oh, yeah. So trench foot. Shout out to them. Then we went back up to the main stage. Sorry, we're uh, a long episode. The, the good stuff stage. <laughs> That's how you feel. <laughs> well, shout out to the food truck for sticking around because they were ready to ditch. And I was just like, guys, they're coming one more time. And man, credit to everyone who stopped by the food truck because it was later in the day. And they're like, I'm hungry again. Everybody felt guilty. They were like, well, I'll buy more food. <laughs> but it was great. you know. And then they yeah. left happy. They felt like their time was well spent. And that, so that was really awesome. Um, yeah. Yeah, so final final uh, upper stage, good stuff through stage near the where the vendors were was uh, not only was Greg hosting that part, but he was performing mm-hmm. oh. a joint set with uh, Leah Run. <laughs> I had to talk about myself. Um, <laughs> no, but first, first, um, let me give shout outs to um, Marcus and Eli um, who were. Um, accompanying on guitar with our with our um, with our combined set, and then and then Leah Ren just just killing her songs and and me with my poetry. It was just really fun. Um, and also just shout out to Leah. She she pushed me. It was probably like March or or May. Where she's like, hey, we need to start practicing for this. And and everybody else was kind of like, oh, like you know, we're just coming up. We're getting ready. We know we got our stuff. She's like, no, like we need to get a set together. Like we need to work. And so yeah, I mean, we practiced like six times preparing for worship fest, and that probably been the most that I've ever practiced over like a six month period getting ready for something this big. So it was just really exciting to prepare our sets together, not just say, Hey, I'm going to do these. You're going to do that. And then we're just going to perform one after another, but we actually curate our sets. So I did a poem that connected to her song. And then we did a little bit of talking about wrestling with God. And then I did a poem that connected to her song and I did a poem that connected to her song and ended out the night. And it just kind of had this, wrestling struggling and then praising god and and i felt like the audience was really connecting with us and honestly like it's in terms of like moments right you think about like that was a big moment for me as someone who's getting ready to have longer sets and just thinking about oh i actually can do this and having my friend um leah wren to do it with me was just really awesome and i think it was really cool for her as as well um that she would say just being able to be just a vocalist there and not worrying about playing guitar or playing piano, which he does a great job with, but actually getting to have guitarists with her and her just be able to focus on the song just made it overall like a really good moment for us and um, even leading to other opportunities of us to do kind of offshoots of this set in other places. Yep. It's just really cool like to have a, a partner in crime just be able to do this um, music and poetry with and, and being able to reach people just with it. Yes, it was. It was phenomenal. It was. It was maybe the best set of the entire day. Of like, and that's not in a comparison kind of way, but it, that it was that good that it stood out in a unique way because of what you guys did. Because you made it one set. The intention, yeah, yeah, the attention to detail, and I, I'm, I'm be honest, Greg. Like we, we linked you guys up together. Mainly because we really wanted to honor Leah, like to be later in the day as a singer songwriter. And then we were like, well, Greg is hosting. 
so like rather than him have to perform and get like this performance thing like let's let him host get comfortable and then people are going to connect with his content more when he performs because he's been hosting all day right yeah. and i was like okay well greg and and leah like that should probably work but there wasn't like a real oh that's definitely what it should be like we weren't sure you know but it was like greg and leah hey guy girl black white right like there's some kingdom aspects of this that's just good and valuable to be a representation on stage praise god let's do greg and, and leah and then immediately like immediately. you guys start working on creating something one of one yeah that could not be replicated and i was like wow god is so sovereign because we just kind of like threw that together well that's what we were hoping for though because we were hoping that like every poet and singer songwriter would get to work together but you guys were the only ones that actually did because originally it was supposed to be Sergio and Olivia. Well, that didn't get to happen. And then it was going to be AVG and Wildfire. That didn't happen. Mm-hmm. You guys are the only pairing that actually went through the entire plan from start to finish. And it just made sense. I I just appreciate, like, from you guys, the, the honor of getting asked to do something like that. I think mm-hmm. it, it put, for both of us, it just put this level of we need to do something bigger than ourselves. Because... This is worship fest. So we don't want to just be artists. We want to be worshipers. Even though we are poets, even though we are singer-songwriters, we want to be worshipers. So how do we create a worship experience in our own creative discipline? And then what was crazy, I think, having the decision made to have Terry PT right after because of how your message was very honest about the struggles of life and our walk and our faith and then have Terry come out and kind of reinforce that was just such a spirit-led thing, right? Because then it led to it, it, with him finishing with empowerment, right? You know, of always and him I mean, it was a rain-led thing, but yeah, oh, I mean, absolutely rain-led <laughs> thing, right? But and awesome. it's starting to get dark, right? Yeah. And the lighting just was awesome. And yeah, and- PT was supposed to speak down at main stage after mm-hmm. uh, Greg and Leah set, and then we we're going to wrap up with the right worship. And PT was actually the one that approached me and was like, "I want to speak up here." Wow. Like I just want to do it here. Like, can I can I just speak up here at at the good stuff thrift stage? Mm-hmm. And it was just like one more thing on Greg's belt to be like, see why we're the best stage. <laughs> PT wants to be here. He wants to come to my stage. I, I mean, you do realize, like PT, we got PT. Like, we just want. I'm just thankful for Pastor Terry. He's not been building a relationship, so get to. It was even just honoring having him close us out. You know, it was just mm. it was just so cool. There was nobody else we were going to have speak. That's correct. But Pastor Terry. And you were a little nervous because he was supposed to be on like a sabbatical, right? He probably was on sabbatical and I think he just broke it for us. But love love him to death. And like from a unity guy, like everybody calls him the love guy, you know? Mm-hmm. But an expression <laughs> yeah. of that love is the the unity aspect. And when we're right, Carson Simpson, like we talk about this a lot, like our heart is kingdom and unity in the body across the region. Um, the reality is like, PT carries that. Yep. yep. He's 100%. like the grandfather of that entire motif in our city. 100%. And so to have him there, I think was really, really special. And uh, we actually switched some things around like for timing because we were running so late Yeah, and we really only had Terry there for a short window. So we had to like move things, move orders. And it worked out, like you said, Holy Spirit led. It was rain led because the weather forced it like this yeah. to happen. But God is so sovereign over those things. Um, but yeah, just one last time, Greg, like you guys absolutely, absolutely. killed it. Shout out to you and Leah. Mm-hmm. And please keep doing that set places. 
like don't like you're always going to get booked as Greg the poet. She's always going to get booked as Leah Ren the singer songwriter. But when you can, like continue to do that set together because I think it's really special. Yeah, and briefly, I'll just say, like, if you're listening to us and that's something you're looking for, we would love to come and do it. You know, we'd love to just come and and, and do a set like that with you guys. Like, it would just be an honor to be in your space. He said, book me, guys. He said, <laughs> he said book me. Hey, that, that was just a little shameless promotion. I loved yeah. it. <laughs> he said it so mildly, too. That was great. <laughs> He's like, we would love to come do that with if you. If that's what you're looking for, <laughs> yeah. I'm your guy. Hey, we're here for it. We're here for it. Um, hey, some with it. Final set of the day. <laughs> uh, ripe worship. I mean, we were running so late going yes. into this. Um, I feel bad for ripe worship. You know, like it, we're 90 minutes past time i felt i was i said sorry to emily so many times i can't yeah. even tell you yeah my heart broke for them you yeah. know i mean they they prepped for it they did their best i mean they had their own challenges live had covid all that kind of stuff mm. mike were we weren't sure if he was going to make it um you know they had i mean it was just a challenging day because of the rain and everything else um they still did everything they possibly could to steward the time well um it was a sweet moment for us like it was really just us kind of left mm. by that point because it was so late. It was getting dark. It was still raining, still wet and cold. So there wasn't a ton of people that like stayed to the end. Um, but it, it might've been like 40 of us or 50 of us or something, but it was a sweet moment, even in the challenge, even in like the loss of like what could have been, you know, the thousand pre-registered festival, hoping to double that number by day of, right? Like that didn't happen, but it was still beautiful. And I remember PT pulled me aside and was like, hey, take a picture of this mm-hmm. with 50 people in front of this massive stage. It was supposed to have thousands, right? Take a picture of this because this is a reminder of what God's going to do. Yeah, You know, like you don't have to be discouraged. Like don't despise small beginnings, my son, you know, mm-hmm. like that kind of idea. Like that's what he saw. Supernatural. He wasn't even there the year before. No. Right. So he didn't have context of like the bummerness of it. You know, it was like, oh, there's not as many people here as last year, right? Because of the rain. And he just was like trying to speak faith over me, um, which I think was pretty crazy. It's so funny because that's what I was going to offer a PT quote too. Um, because uh, he pulled me aside and, well, one, he just struck me because it wasn't, it was a time of jubilation with him, worshiping with him as uh, right worship was going and just watching his joy in that moment of just being like, God, we, we thank you in the rain. We thank you for the rain, you know, for what it's providing the food that the fruit, uh, that is going to come out of this, the seeds that are being planted. Right. And, you know, but the, the quote that, that got me the most with him was him saying, you guys don't know that you all, the, you, not just me, Jonathan, but us as a team that, that planned and executed worship fest that we don't understand what an answer to prayer that is for the city of Philadelphia, how people in Philadelphia have been praying for something like this for years, and you don't realize that this event that happened today, how that is an answer to prayer. And that really just stuck with me because that was a, okay, good, because that's what we wanted, right? We want to be a servant's towards our community. We want to be outwardly focused, not inwardly looking to develop. Right. So, um, it was just, that was really impactful for me to have him say that. I mean, I I think about this all the time, right? Like when Paul's talking about being, how he's compelled by the spirit to go somewhere and you don't know, like, is somebody in that city, is somebody in Antioch 
praying, God, come here, mm. save my family. Mm. And Paul feels compelled in the spirit to go because somebody else was like laying down in the dirt, crying out to God. And that's like the beauty of this whole thing is like we have felt compelled to like do this thing for two years. And we don't like want to do it in some ways because it's a lot to do. It's not like we're trying to build this big thing to like build this big thing, but feeling compelled by something to do. And I think stuff like PT saying that people are praying for this stuff. You're like, Oh, that's what that is. Like hmm. people have been praying. So we have to like wake up and go do the work to build the thing out so that God can move in this kind of way. Like, yeah, that that makes sense that people have laid the foundation for this with their own prayer life, and we're just walking into it to be obedient to what they've already asked asked God to do. Totally. It makes sense. Shout out to Ripe Worship. Love you guys. Um, they put so much time and effort into, like, being tight, and, mm-hmm. you know, it's just, like, one of those, like, ah, I wish this could have been different for them. One hour sound check the night before, I mean, yeah. just crazy, you know, so I think that was just... The heart that went into them, it was, it was evident. Yeah, they, was awesome. they had a heart to serve. And, um, yeah, I just want to name, you know, like, there is some major stuff coming out of just doing September 23rd, 2023. Taking that leap of faith, yeah. Right, yeah. like, you could have canceled it. You didn't. And because you didn't, there's some stuff coming down the pike. It's pretty crazy. That's pretty insane. Yeah. And, um... If you ever need a validation of like, should we have done Worship Fest 2023? Obviously, this podcast should be one encouragement, but even deeper than that is like, what's ahead? Yeah. And we can't share a ton of the details on this episode yet, but we do just want to name like, save the date, June 1st, 2024. Yeah. Something is coming. Because we originally thought we were going to do Worship Fest May 17th and 18th of 2024. And because in, in light of recent events, we're going to transition to June 1st, 2024, and it'll be something a little bit different. It will be something a little bit different. Or a big little different. But it will be, will be wonderful. And uh, one day we hope to share the story of this like in detail. We just don't have the ability to do that as of this moment as of recording this podcast. But all of this is like God just knows how to steward things. He knows how to connect A to B to C to D. And uh, we just kind of get to watch the story unfold, and it's been a beautiful journey. Um, Jared, thank you for everything you do mm. of for this podcast, but also for Worship Fest. Yeah, uh, you have been like the most committed person to the vision of Worship Fest mm-hmm. since day one. So thank you <laughs> yeah. for being the driving force for so many of the things. I mean, every artist probably didn't send you their tech needs, and you had to go hunt them down. So shout out to you for doing the hard work of communication. I know it all too well. Um, Greg, thank you for running good stuff, Thrift, for being the host, the MC, um, being an amazing performer with Leah, uh, but also just carrying like the right heart and joy. You know, I mean, you trolled a lot leading up to the festival because you're a troll. Um, (laughs) But the day of, the day of, a holy troll, a holy troll. All the texts the night before going back and forth. (laughs) The day of, your attitude was like, carried the culture right and i asked you to do that specifically i was like i need you to lead in this way and you did man and like i think a lot of us did not have the gripes or the frustrations or the challenges we would have had because of the way that you lead so thank Mm. you for that and uh yeah jonathan thank you for inviting us to be a part of the story 
um, with you guys. We uh, we love CSF. Uh, make sure you connect with Carson Simpson Farm Christian Camp. You need a place to send your kids. Next year. In, in five <laughs> years because their waiting list is that long. <laughs> Look it up. Um, if you're looking for a summer job for a college mm-hmm. student or young adult or somebody who works in education, um, look them up. And if you're an artist in the uh, Ripe community, you'll probably be on stage at Carson Simpson. <laughs> Got a One of weeks. many dates this summer because we're there all the time. He ain't um, going to say it himself, but thank you to Scott for yes. being MC on main stage, one of the driving force, like organizing the whole thing, mm-hmm. yes. me and Jonathan, and even just being the voice of reason when we have crazy ideas, trying to help us rein it in a little bit. Thank you it's, so much. it's all needed. We always need someone like that around. Yeah, I want to say thank you for saying yes, because two years ago you could have said, ah, that's funny, no. <laughs> so I did say no. I did say no. Well, you, you didn't take no for an answer. I don't know what you mean. Um, <laughs> I just put I it literally in writing. said no. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, you know, then, anyway. then, but then you said the reason was resources, and then God gave them. So, you know, I took the no away, I thought. So, no, but thank you for, for saying yes um, and having a heart for what we do there. I think it, yeah. it means a lot. Absolutely. It's been a great relationship. God is, God is sovereign over all this stuff. Um, listen, we love y'all. Thank you for partnering with us, people who listen to this podcast. This is an audio newsletter. I know this is a long episode. Our heart in shooting these, we're not sharing these like with the world to get famous. We're trying to share these with people who partner with us to say thank you for partnering with us because this is where your resources go, right? Mm-hmm. Is to the work and to make an impact. And so this is like an audio newsletter. It's like a diary, a journal for us of making an altar to the Lord. If you're here today and you're listening and you don't currently partner with us, consider becoming a monthly partner. Support not only this podcast, but everything else that we do throughout the calendar year. It means a lot. Every single dollar means a ton to us. Um, So thank you for considering partnering with us as we seek to leverage the arts for the purpose of mission in our region. Um, Guys, fellas, thank you for being here today. We love you all. Yeah. Thank you. As always, stay right. Completely in all of your presence and all my heart screams, I love you and I can't sleep. So I break this silence.